Well, hey, everyone, welcome back to Five Questions with uh, I'm your host, Dustin Peed, here on the YouTube channel. And I am so very excited to continue conversation on culture with my great friend, Caleb Campbell. Now, if you don't know Caleb, by the end of this, you will know him. And trust me, you want to know him because this guy is the guru on all things culture. I have the, the, the honor and the privilege of working with him at the church that we're both serving at right now. Uh, Caleb, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, man, I've been looking forward to it. Awesome to be here. Uh, let me give the formal uh, introduction for Caleb for those who are like, yeah, but who is he really? What does his bio say? Uh, his bio says, Caleb has a passion for developing workplace cultures that attract great people and unleash their best work. Uh, he has spent the past two decades leading those efforts in church, healthcare, and corporate settings, including several years at the Blue Tree Network, where Caleb was part of the executive team uh, that led the company from startup to 600 people while being repeatedly recognized as one of the nation's best places to work. Caleb's also a public speaker leadership instructor and coach, and he oversees international missions at his local church near Atlanta, where he serves with me. Uh, Caleb, uh, this is going to be an incredible conversation because every time I talk to Caleb, I leave uh, better because of it. And so I wanted, I asked Caleb to be a part of this because I wanted to, I wanted people to share in that experience of, if I can just give a few minutes uh, of, of, of the people that are watching this, if I can just give them a few minutes with Caleb, I feel like uh, something he's going to say is going to change the game for them. And so we're going to dive right into these five questions on the topic of culture. Obviously, we're going to channel our inner Simon Sinek, like I often do on this, and we're going to start with why. And I'm going to ask Caleb, why is the culture of your team so important? First, uh, no pressure, Dustin. We'll try to provide some value after that that kind kind introduction. Uh, interesting fact: we're talking to each other just over the state line. You're in Georgia. I'm in Alabama. So always got to yep. throw that in. Yep. Uh, why is culture important? There's a lot of things you could say. I like to give three quick answers. Great culture attracts great people. It provides a great experience, and it produces great work. So on the people side. Doesn't matter what industry you're in, nonprofit, healthcare, corporate world, whatever it is, the organizations that succeed and win are the organizations that get the best people. That's almost without exception. You get the right people, you're going to find success. You don't get the right people, somebody else is going to beat you at what you do. Now, when it comes to getting people in today's world, right, everybody's going after talent. So how do you appeal to them? There's always going to be somebody who can pay more than you can. Yep. There's always going to be somebody who can offer perks that are more than what you can do. There's a lot of things that companies can throw at people to get the best. One of the things people are looking for right now, though, is I want to go somewhere where I can be part of, part of a team I'm proud of, part of an organization where I like what we stand for, and I can do great, meaningful work. So if you can offer organization or people, rather, that culture that they're looking for, you're going to attract the best of the best. Second part on the great experience. Um, studies say we spend about a third of our lifetimes at work. Mm -hmm. And if you're right in the middle of your forties, like I was going to say, we are like, I am and Dustin will be soon, right? Like I am and <laughs> Dustin will be soon. Then uh, you're spending a lot more than a third of your life at work right now. Why not give the people who are putting themselves into your organization 
an enjoyable experience, right? We don't live in the industrial age anymore. Why not give people somewhere where they can go, they can be happy, they can enjoy what they're doing. So you're providing a great experience. And then the third one that I think is maybe most important is great culture produces great work. Um, one of the organizations I was at a little while back, um, we had a CFO, great guy, shout out Tom, if you ever hear this. And he'd been at the organization for about a year. And he came to me and he said, you know, when I first joined here, I didn't get the culture thing. Like, I don't know why you guys talked about it all the time. I don't know why, why we had a, a team dedicated to it. I just, I just thought, okay, that's great, right? It's sunshine and rainbows. And he said, but now I've been here several months and I get it. And he said, because we've gotten people to buy into who we want to be, that's what actually leads us to doing great work. We enjoy each other's company. We take care of our customers. We hit the bottom line that I want to because we've created the right kind of environment. I, I often talk about a best place to work and a place to do your best work. And I think that's another reason that culture is so important. So you want great people, you want a great experience, you want great results. Culture is the key to all three of those things. Man, I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole episode right there. That was so good. I love, I, I was thinking too, when you were saying about attracting the best people and getting the great people, uh, that we, we see this concept, uh, in the world of sports, right? That they, there, there's even an entire, uh, draft lottery systems essentially set up for these teams to get the absolute best talent on their teams because they know in order for them to quote unquote win at what the, at their goal that's in front of them they ha it has to start with great people and i love that you challenged us too by 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 helping us understand that in order to get those great people we have to distinguish ourselves from the rest and it may not be monetary it may be with experience and it may be with what we're contributing to society that ultimately attracts people to what we're doing. And so being able to succinctly tell that story, I think what you're saying is, is super, super important. I do want to ask you uh, a lot of question that I get, uh, a question I get a lot of times when it comes to culture is people think that if we just have one person kind of steering the ship on culture, that we're good. And then we go, well, okay, well, who will that person be? And so just general, generally asking you, Caleb, who should be contributing to the culture of their team? So to the point you just made, I think absolutely it is true that leaders have an outsized impact on their culture. Leaders should be the ones setting the tone. They should be the ones casting the vision. They should be the ones setting direction. Um, it's, it's really interesting. Over the last few weeks, I've done some interviews with people who have come out of different kinds of companies, and they've all been around culture. And one of the things I've asked is, I want you to think back to places you've worked before. What made the great cultures great? And what made the bad cultures bad or even worse? And in talking through that with people, almost all of them made reference to either their CEO or their leader or their manager. And so when people think, you know, did I like the culture? What did I like about it? It was really interesting on the negative side. Almost everyone said, well, we wanted to be this, but we had a CEO who thought this way or a leader who thought this way. And so there's no question that leaders have, I would say, ultimate accountability for culture. Yeah, the but if the question point. is, yeah. If, if the question is who contributes to culture, the answer is, is everybody. Mm. Um, if, if you've heard me speak on this topic, you know, I love the Nick Saban story. Now to be clear, I'm not an Al I live in Alabama. 
I'm not an Alabama football fan. Um, Nick Saban is the Alabama head coach, but there was a game a few years back when Alabama played their biggest rival, who's Auburn. If you're familiar with Alabama, you know football is king. Ultimately, it's all that matters if you live in the state. Are you an Auburn fan? Are you an Auburn or an Alabama fan? Once a year they play each other. There you go, baby. It's called the Iron Bowl, right? Mm -hmm. Alabama's had the upper hand in most recent years, but there was a year when Auburn upset Alabama. They won the game. So as you can imagine, Saban's just getting grilled after the game by the local media. And he says, look, there's a lot of things that I can tell you, but here's the bottom line. I told our guys before the game, they're better than people think they are. And he said, the only way we win is if every individual in this room commits to winning your own matchup. If you beat your guy and you beat your guy and you do the right thing and you do the right thing, then collectively we will win. And he said, at the end of the day, we did not do the right things enough individually to deserve to win collectively. So I hear this and immediately I'm like, oh, I got to grab that, right? I got to work it in because I think it's such a powerful testimony to the fact that every person contributes to the success of a team. Every person contributes to the DNA of a team. And when you think about culture, culture is not just who the leader says we want to be. Culture is not just what you throw on your website as to we stand for this. Culture is actually what's the daily DNA look like? What does it feel like and look like to be part of that team and in that environment? And every single person then has an opportunity to contribute to that and thus is responsible in at least some way for the culture of an an organization. So leaders matter. Leaders have to lead. At the same time, every person on a team or organization is on the hook to contribute to the culture. Yeah, absolutely. I I think sometimes uh, people think that their team culture just comes from what they do or what they don't do. And I I often tell people that culture is uh, your culture, your team culture is ultimately defined uh, on what you allow to be okay, right? On what you uh, what actions you allow to say that is acceptable behavior. Uh, That is an acceptable way to act in this on this team that your culture will be defined by that. But I think a lot of the times people just look at the actions and the behaviors of culture and they forget about the open dialogue that it, that it may bring. So my question to you, my next question, third question Mm -hmm. to you is how often should you and your team be openly discussing your culture together? You should, um, you should do interviews sometimes, Dustin. These are great questions. (laughs) Um, it's a really good question. And I'll, if you haven't figured it out by now, I'm an Alabama storyteller, right? So I got to tell a story about my first week at an organization I worked for several years ago. I get there and the first week happens to be their annual all company event. So everybody comes from different parts of the country. They're going together and the entire event kind of turned into a, let's reward the people who brought the most money into the company this past year. Mm -hmm. There were trophies, there were plaques, there was eye of the tiger playing, but everything (laughs) revolved around how much money have you brought in? Wow. Now I'm not saying that's good or that's bad, but what what I'll tell you is I'd been there a week and I left that meeting and I knew exactly what that organization was about, right? Because the things that an organization talks about, Mm -hmm. the things that an organization uh, prioritizes, like words matter and communication matters. And so I think your question is awesome because if you want to have a strong culture, 
you clearly have to prioritize that when it comes even to what you're talking about or discussing. Now, to your question, I don't think you'll let me off the hook by just saying, well, constantly, you should always talk about culture. Um, so let me give you four quick areas that I've seen really make a strong impact for a lot of different organizations when it comes to specific times in the organization or employee's life cycle. We're talking about culture really matters. Okay. Go, the first is, let's go. The first is before someone even comes in the organization. Ideally, if you have any kind of website, any kind of social media presence, any place where you are posting roles or you're telling the world what you're looking for, you should be talking about culture before people even come in the door. Yeah. Why? Because 90% of having the right culture is having the right people. Right. If someone already cares about the things you care about, that's the kind of person you want to find. And yep. so I always say, don't wait till people are there to talk about culture. When you hire, hire for culture along with all the other things that you're looking at. So yep. number one, you should be talking about culture before people even come in the door. That's going to help you vet right there with the right people coming to the team. Yep. Two, as people join, as they're walking through the doors, that's a critical moment to talk about culture. So you mentioned Blue Tree a little while back. Um, one of the things that I really enjoyed at Blue Tree was we were a virtual company, a remote company where people could live anywhere. We had people across all 50 states, but our operations, you know, we had 60, 80 people based in Madison. Hmm. And every month, all new employees flew to Madison for their first week of orientation before they went off and kind of scattered and, and worked on their project with whoever they did. Well, our CEO, Jeremy, and I would always fly in. There was a full orientation program. We didn't do most of it, but we always sat down for about two hours with every group of new hires, and he would walk them through the history of our company. And I would say, and now here's what we stand for. Mm -hmm. Here's who we are. Yeah. Here's our values. Here's what that looks like on a day-to-day -day basis. And we had more feedback, um, more positive feedback. We got plenty of the other kind too, but probably more positive feedback on the, the willingness, first of all, of Jeremy to fly in and just spend that time with people, but also that we just said, Hey, as you're coming in, these are the things that matter to us. We want you to hold us accountable. We'll hold you accountable. And so I think first, before people come in, you got to communicate it Two, as they're coming in. The third area where I think it's super important is in organization wide or team communication. So in your all company meetings or your all staff meetings or your smaller team meetings, culture needs to be something that comes up, the values, the things that, that you stand for, the expectations you have, it should yeah. come up in those meetings because that's where you can celebrate. You can have people give examples of what the culture should or should not look like. You could recognize those who are doing it back to the point of what you recognize tells you a lot about a company. Um, and then that leads to the fourth, which is one that I think some companies overlook. A lot of times people think, yeah, let's talk about it at the company level when people are coming in. Of course, the fourth area, though, where it's super important is in one on one communication, one on one meetings, because you want to be talking about it, not just to the group at large, but you want to bring it back to the individual level. You want to say, hey, as your leader, am I giving you the support you need? Am I modeling what you would expect to see? Where can I do better? And then, hey, as we think about your performance and your work, let's think about how that fits into the kind of company or team we want to be. And so I think if you're hitting it in all those areas, and you could give more specifics, but those four anchors um, produce really good results. If you can make sure you're emphasizing culture in those specific types of forums or moments.
Yeah. Oh man, that's so good. I, I almost when you were going to say the fourth one before you got before you said one on ones, I thought you were going to say because uh, you started with before they start, and then number two was as they walk in. Three was teamings. In my mind, number four was going to go to as you let them go because we hire and fire based on the the team values as well, right? But I think you're so, right. So let's make that number five. Um, I think, I think so. List. But but but, <laughs> but but Dustin, what you bring up is huge because the way you let's pause there's a lot of great people who are not necessarily a great fit for specific yeah. organizations Absolutely. right we've i found this out in a lot of places where maybe it's just the skill set's different the pace is different it doesn't say anything about the human and their capabilities sometimes the right person is just not the right person for the right team in the right role and how a company decides to um, separate from those types of individuals, regardless of whose decision it is, I think says as much about the character, culture, and DNA of that company as anything else. And so ab absolutely, you could throw that in as, as part of the mix. Yeah, I think that's important in any area of business. I was just talking to uh, somebody here in our guest services department this past Sunday, and I was saying, listen, we need to um, uh, dismiss people uh, when the services are over and they're leaving our, our, our venue and they're, and they're heading back to their cars, we need to, we need to dismiss them just as well as we greet them. If someone comes to your house for dinner, you open up the door, you're like, oh man, I'm so glad you're here. Come on in. Let me show you around. This is our place. We sit down and eat to dinner. Right. And then when it's over, we, we do the same thing just in reverse. Right. Like, but, but oftentimes I think good uh, uh, companies that are struggling with this concept, just go, Oh, they're leaving now. Okay. Bye. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like come on. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to love you as much on the way out as I did on the way in, because that's the lasting impression. And it speaks volumes. If we're, if we're equating the house to the company it speaks volumes to everybody else in the house of this is how we treat our guests. You're a communicator to Dustin. And, you know, if I were to ask you, What's the the one thing that most people probably remember the most from any given presentation? If the if the conclusion and how you wrap it up and the final point is not the thing, it's certainly one of the two or three three things people tend to remember. Yeah. Um, and and it's interesting. We you know if you go 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 to a company's glass door sometimes. Okay, just go check out any company you want. You know, Google, Apple, whoever smaller company in your local area. And what's interesting is when you look at employee reviews the companies that are really strong in this space, you'll actually see people say something to the effect of I'm not even there anymore, or maybe it didn't work out, but they have a positive taste in their mouth. And a lot of that has to do with how the how the breakup or the separation occurred. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, let's move on to the I think we're at the fourth question now. Um, so let's get a little practical with these last two questions. What where is the yep. best place to start? For anyone in the company, leader or bottom level, where's the best place to start uh, increasing the quality of my own team culture? I know you said anyone. I'm, I'm going to go to leaders first and, sure. and foremost. Yeah. Um, I think listening and opening your eyes to see the reality of where you are is the first thing that has to happen. And I say that because there's not a one size fits all. Every organization's in a different place. Every organization has different needs. Yeah. But what every organization needs is leaders who care enough to pay attention. Yeah. 
and say, okay, let's honestly assess where we are because until we do that, there's no way for us to know what we can do going forward. So you mentioned Blue Tree earlier when we were starting to grow pretty quickly here. This is five, six years ago by now. Um, we were at this point where initially is a lot of people, you know, when you build a small company together, you spend a lot of time together, but we're starting to grow. We have people all over the country. Like I said, you're just not getting the FaceTime you used to. And so one of the things that the leadership team asked itself was, are we really in the good standing we think we are? Are we really doing well where we think we are? Are there, are there maybe gaps that we're starting to not see? And so we offered up one person in our company and we said, literally any employee grab half an hour on his calendar. The next month, this is all he's doing. And so we offered people half an hour and we said, here's what we want you to do. He's going to ask you what's going well at the company. And we want you to tell him. He's going to ask you where we have gaps or where we need to get better. And we want you to bring your dirty laundry list. And we want you to literally lay out everything. He took all of those findings. There were over 70 people, if I remember right, that spent half an hour with him. He takes all those findings. He turned them into a presentation for our leadership team. And it was powerful. Okay. First of all, you're sending a message to a company that says, we care. We want to know what you have to say so we can make it better. But then two, what happened was he comes in and the first three things on his first three slides, we're like, yeah, yeah, we knew they'd say we were good. We're killing it on that right there. Boom. We knew it. And then the next two slides are areas where we thought we were doing well. And actually it turns out everybody else thought not so much. And then the next slide was some train wreck that we had no idea was even on the radar. But what it let us do was actually see, you, you know, we're, we're off in these ivory towers sometimes, right? Like we're dabbling in this, dabbling in that. People who live in the organization from day to day have a different perspective, and it's easy for leaders to miss that. And so we had all these findings that then let us say, okay, now we really know the state of the state. Yeah. Now let's figure out what we address as a team and as a culture going forward. And we turned that into, so as an organization, we always had four core strategic goals for the coming year. One of them always had to do with people and culture. And we use the findings of those listening sessions to inform, okay, what are we going to focus on next year so we can get better? How are we going to measure it? So I think listening and being willing to get an honest assessment is a huge first step because it lets you know where you need to build from. And, and when I say listening, it might not always look like that. Um, you're going to grow and scale and what works for one company. You know, I remember there were a couple of years after that where Jeremy, who I mentioned earlier, he just started setting up 15 half an hour. Uh, 15 minute, half an hour, virtual coffee, virtual lunch with people from all over the organization, mm. just to pick their brain and say, Hey, where, where can we get better? Don't worry about my title, right? I'm Jeremy, you're John. Let's talk through this. Where, where can we get better? Um, yeah. There are a lot of tools, tools that do a really good job with that different kinds of survey tools. So office vibe, lattice, culture amp, all of these are tools that are designed, especially for growing in larger organizations to get a snapshot of, hey, how do you feel about these topics? It's anonymous, but we start to get that data and we start to pay attention. We had one person who her entire job revolved around watching people's responses and data come in and then bringing that to us, right? Like, wow. hey guys, we're 90% positive on people being aligned with our mission and people being aligned with our values, but we're only 70% on vision of where we're going. 
you might want to start to think about painting a clearer picture so people are bought into where we're going next. You can see, you know, we score one way with middle-aged women. We scored one way with millennial men. It's just, it's really cool to slice and dice. And so there are a lot of tools out there, but whether it's in-person conversations, whether it's lunch and learns, whether it's, you know, coffee, just finding a way to say, we want to hear from you so we can make this better together. I think the listening is is really a starting point and you can launch all kinds of stuff then if, if you start with good information. Yeah. Oh man, it's so good. I mean, listening sessions is something I'm going to start implementing immediately. I love it. Uh, let's end, uh, let's end our five questions with, uh, the most practical. We talked about earlier, the easy answer of who should be contributing to the culture of their team is everyone, right? Uh, we talked about the difference between those at the top and those kind of at the middle or the bottom of the organization, how they can contribute. So what I would love to know, what I'd love to, to leave are uh, the people that are watching and listening. What I'd love to leave them with is what's one way, just one thing that they can do to make the culture of their team better today than it was yesterday. Stop focusing on what others are not doing and focus on what you can control. Now that might be different for you, Dustin, and your role than mine. But I think a lot of times we get caught up thinking, well, our leaders aren't doing this, or my team is not doing this, or we got to fix that. The reality is though, whatever your role is, Dustin, in your current org, you have impact in your day to day, right? If you want your culture to be more kind, guess what you can do? You can practice kindness. If you want yeah. your organization to to you know nip tardiness in the bud, like how many organizations in America struggle with wasting minutes and hours of every week on when are people mm. going to get here? You can be right. You can be on time. You can be on point. Yeah. You can decide I'm going to start every meeting I lead on time, whether I'm the only one in the room or not. But yeah. but my point I'm is there are small things, and you may do that too because I know how you are. <laughs> there are small things, right? There are small things that all of us can do in our own. Um, in our own environment, in our own touch points, in our own relationships. And that may seem small, but like if you start to practice this thing and then I start to practice this thing, then our teams are going to start to practice this thing. And over time, the organization starts to practice that thing. So it's not a, it's not a, a silver bullet answer, but don't focus on what others aren't doing. Focus on what you can control and just take, take small bites, baby steps. It, it, it eventually adds up to a big impact. Man, that is so good. One of the one of the culture values that we have here, where, where Caleb and I get to, to to share, work at, and do ministry together at, is is set the tone. And that's really what we're saying when we say that culture value is that it doesn't matter if you're at the bottom of the org chart or the top of the org chart. Everybody contributes. Uh, everybody sets the tone, whether for for what you do or maybe even what you don't do. Everything sets the tone, right? And so. I love that. Uh, and I think so many times in, in, in cultures and just in life in general, we get into this comparison model and we get into the how come they're not. And we have these false expectations and then just gunk builds up and anxiety builds up and all this bitterness. And then it just builds tension and you can feel it in every meeting and you can feel it in every hallway conversation. And it's because we have these false expectations on other people. And we're not focused on what we can do to contribute to better the situation. So I, lo I love what you said there, man. So good. So good. Um, well, Caleb, uh, I could talk to you about this all day. And uh, we, I know, I know we have lots of time coming up together off, off camera where we're going to talk about some of this stuff even more. But, man, thank you so much for being a part of this today. 
Uh, I, I, I started with a post-it note. I probably should have had a legal pad cause I filled it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so if you're, if you're watching now and you're like, I didn't have anything to write with, go back, grab a legal pad, watch it all over again. Cause it's so, so good. But Caleb, thank you so much for joining us, man. It was a real pleasure having you here. Hey man, I appreciate the opportunity and, uh, and it's always, always fun when I get to hang out with Dustin and if we can talk shop in the process, that's, that's a win. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, thank y'all so much for watching five questions with, I'd love to encourage you to subscribe and ring the bell and like this video. It just helps us get the word out a little bit more than, uh, with, uh, YouTube's algorithms and things like that. But, uh, we can't wait to continue these, these conversations with you and we'll see you next time on five questions.